Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post-Atomic Horror, the most comprehensive Star Trek podcast ever produced, with your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 390, covering Point of Light with Amanda Smith. Hi, friends. We're, we're back with your with your lightning quick uh, analysis of Discovery. Like, mm-hmm. oh, it's so fast. Are you, is your head is spinning? I assume straight from the premiere to us talking about it two days later. Yep, it's 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 scary times for us. It continues to be scary times because we have to, you know, process our thoughts and our feelings and and talk about them immediately after yeah. watching and. And watch it three times in a row, like three times in three days. Well, when it's a great episode, that's that's fun. But um, when it's a different type of episode, that's more difficult to do. When it's point of light. I had to stay up late working on this instead of doing everything else. And you know who I blame? This episode. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's possible that the random luck of the draw would have given you a good one. There's good ones, too, but... That's the other nope, thing about is, doing these immediately. This is your episode for season two. Bob, I've given a name to my pain, and it's Point of Light. <laughs> <laughs> You're referencing Bob the Goon there? Yes, yeah, from Batman 89. Oh, I know what movie it's from. I just I like I like saying the character's name as much as possible. Bob, Bob the, the Goon. Goon. I had that action figure. He had a Joker jacket <laughs> that I really wanted. It was a really crappy <laughs> Christmas when you get the Bob the Goon action figure. <laughs> there must be an animated give out there of Bob the Goon doing his little like like bobbing up and down on the knees dance to what some prince song. It's just like <laughs> mm-hmm. the saddest little dance. Just like, yeah, okay, I better dance or the boss is going to kill me. <laughs> oh, Bob, I was going to kill you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're not talking about like I feel like this is going to be one of them. Yep. Hey, pop culture sidetrack. Let's uh-huh. go here. <laughs> Uh, uh, Amanda has asked, uh, uh, very rightfully so, I think, uh, that we, um, provide sort of a content warning here. Uh, the, the subject of sexual assault comes up again. Again. In this episode. And if this is a subject that troubles you to listen to, maybe, maybe give this one a miss. Yeah, or at least understandable. Or at least be aware that the subject is going to come up. I this, was writing my bad thing and I was like, oh, I'm talking about this again. We would love it if Star Trek would stop bringing it up so we wouldn't have to keep discussing it our own selves. Been yelling about this since the original series, but uh, whatever. Don't listen to me. We have. Mm-hmm. And I, no, please listen to him and me on the Post-Atomic Horror every week. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this is, and you know, we we are not at all opposed to the idea of, of saying, hey, look, there's some rough stuff coming. Like mm-hmm. some people mock that concept. I do not. I think, Matt, you're with me on yeah, this, right? Just like- like some people have a hard time with this stuff. So I like to know what know. I'm getting into. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm wanting to sit down and listen to my nice comedy podcast. Yeah. Like maybe I want to oh, know. Oh, they're gonna talk about this again. Oh no. Oh no. Yeah. Look, I get it. I absolutely get it. Uh but uh there there's that is probably the worst thing that happens, but mm-hmm. there's plenty of other not great things. Why don't you tell us, Amanda? Why don't you tell us what happens in point of light? I'd like to say that rarely have I seen such an unfocused, running around, not much happening mess on Star Trek. I'd really, really like to say that. But Disco, it does not oblige me. So Michael's worried about Spock and his connection to the mysterious plot signals, and it turns out so is Amanda. 
that not not me amanda the character on the television show don't be confused i don't care one tenth of one damn about new spock no matter how much they talk about him Amanda tried to see Spock at the rehabilitation center and the doctors wouldn't let her, so she did what any worried mother would do and stole his confidential medical files. <laughs> Michael and Amanda take the files to Pike, who realizes he wants to kiss both Michael and Amanda. Me too, Pike. Me too. <laughs> he calls a buddy of his at the rehabilitation center who tells him that Spock is a knife-waving murderer who has escaped from his, probably, glass cage and is a real scary danger now. Nobody is buying this, so Michael cracks into his files and we hear some more garbage about Red Angels, because this was written by me when I was 13. <laughs> Another show that's been cut into this one for some reason, the reason is it's a backdoor pilot to the Section 31 show. We follow a plot line that nobody asked to see, Lieutenant Ash Tyler Bag Salad and Lorel's adventures on the Klingon homeworld. Uh, they have to stop a plot to overthrow Laurel, and it turns out that they have a secret baby together. Whatever. Emperor Giorgio shows up to help keep Laurel in power by faking the death of the baby and Lieutenant Ash Tyler Bag Salad. Whatever. Laurel declares herself the mother of dragons. I mean, mother of the Klingon people. Mm -hmm. Lieutenant Ash Tyler the Bag Salad is working for Section 31 now, I guess. And they drop the baby off on some monk planet where it'll be no trouble at all. <coughs> Because Klingons don't like tribbles. Uh, oh, oh, yeah. And Tilly has a mushroom parasite that's pretending to be a ghost of a dead high school friend. Also, whatever. <sighs> that last sentence sounds so much like it's from st uh, uh, the Star Trek's uh, Next Gen Season 8 Twitter account. It's yeah. almost ridiculous. <laughs> well, and I'm just like, I, I was going to wait on this. But since we're talking about it, I'm just going to go ahead and do my bad thing. Woof. These are, these are phrases that were spoken in the episode. This mm -hmm. isn't me embellishing in any way. A multidimensional parasite performing brain manipulation to manifest itself as Tilly's dead friend from school was the most Voyager shit I've seen. And I've yep. watched seven seasons of Voyager. Mm -hmm. And they didn't do that thing like they did with, with the Harry Mudd episode where they took shitty Star Trek cliches mm -hmm. and made it something cool. This has not improved a bit since Voyager completely ran it into the ground. No, it's they the took, same tired crap. They took shitty Voyager concepts and made them exactly what they were. And, and put them on characters who should know better. Yep. And something that I've really liked about Disco up to this point is that um, the characters know they're in Star Trek. Mm -hmm. So when weird science-y stuff happens, they're not like, oh, no, my brain. They're like, oh, this is happening I better again. get to sickbay because maybe my brain. That, yeah, this is happening that again. That drove me yeah. nuts. Like, Tilly spends the first 20 minutes of this episode freaking the fuck out and yelling at a ghost. And I'm just watching, like, go to sickbay, your brain is crazy. And it's such a painfully awkward mm -hmm. setup because they're doing the cadet training program mm -hmm. and she yells at the ghost and Pike's on the other side and she's like, shut up, stop telling me what to do. And she's yelling it at Pike. And yeah. it's like, come on, she already has enough trouble being like social and, mm -hmm. and being mm -hmm. kind of awkward. And now you got to add this. That just. Uh. And it's not necessary. No, yeah. like, it's not. To make her to make her adorkable. Yeah. It, it's not necessary. You're already there. Yeah. She's got it. Yeah. I said this last week. I think they need to dial it back a tiny bit mm -hmm. anyway. I know I'm alone in that. But but this is this, this was, is so no, much. This is she's already doing this on her own. This just makes us all feel bad. Yeah. And then, as you point out, Matt, then she just doesn't go get it looked at. Mm hmm. Like an idiot. Yeah. Like, just, just go, just tell your friends what's going on. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
I hate that. I hate that whole yeah. like, well, we'll make the problem last longer by having no one talk about it. Like what? No. And it feels like Star Trek has learned not to do that anymore. And it feels like a real backslide, just like last week with the science versus religion stuff. Up to this point, when a Star Trek thing happened to someone, they've gone, aha, a yeah. Star Trek thing yep. is happening. I'm going to sickbay. Yeah. yeah. And this time it took her, Michael finally saying, hey, maybe something's going wrong like, with you. And I, th this is your good thing, right, Matt? Oh, yeah, like, uh, I love Michael talking down Tilly's panic attack in their quarters. There's not a mm -hmm. whole lot of good stuff going on in this episode, but I'm a big fan of, like, the two Their of friendship. Yeah, exactly. Um, I was really hoping we'd see more of them together. Like, so far this season, it's really kind of felt like they just sort of occasionally orbit into each other's plots to remind mm -hmm. each other that they are good friends. Yeah, like they're on different shifts, and mm -hmm. it's like morning, Sam, morning, Ralph, so and that's it. Seeing a scene with them together, and seeing a scene where, like, w Michael has no idea what's going on, but very methodically just sort of breaks down what's happening, and, like, it's a as someone who has had multiple panic attacks, it's very familiar to me. Yeah, and when you have someone who understands what you're going through yeah. and is empathetic and is decent at, you know, talking you down, that's that's good. It's like, okay, well, let's address this. None of what, what she said makes any sense. So something's going on here. It's not actually in your brain. And yeah, the fact that uh, that reveal was the ghost going, your face is, is spraying fluid. What's happening? Yeah, she's been hanging out with Tilly for at least a week, mm -hmm. and this is the first time she's seen something she doesn't recognize as human. It's like, what? did this? Yeah, did the sentence this... you're, you're cramming food into your mouth? Why are you doing that? That's not yeah, what humans or do. She never showed up and she was pooping. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, yeah, it's been so a week. many human things. Yeah, Tilly, why yeah. are you Matt expelling waste everything... from your body? Get out of here! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you moaning, Myrtle? Get out! <laughs> And Matt knows everything that the human body does is disgusting. I know. Yes. I'm right. Everything yeah. the human body I mean, does is disgusting. I mean, hey, Matt, are you a fungus ghost? Well, I was about to say May and Matt, pretty similar. Mm -hmm. yeah. Is that similar? I don't know. They I both will, start with Ma. I will say um, my good thing is the actor playing the fungus ghost, mm -hmm. um, Bahia Wilson. Oh, she's mm -hmm. so good. Uh, Watson. Uh, Watson. Oh, yep, Watson. Mm -hmm. Um, she's she's really good. I in the last episode, I was kind of stoked. I thought that this was going to be like Tilly's friend, yeah. and I thought it was really cute. And then it turned out, oh no, there's some some dumb bullshit. Yep. I kind of hope that now that there's like um a fungus floating around, um, that she's just gonna stay on as a voice actor, and the floating fungus is just gonna be on the ship. I think that'd be kind of cool. That, we want that every time we run into an interesting mm -hmm, guest star, yeah. and they never do it. Yeah. I'd love to see them do it, but mm -hmm. they never do. Yeah. Because I, I like her a lot. Like, the role is yeah. hot garbage, but she's really well, good. I mean, also, we mentioned this last week, too. When she was just Tilly's friend, it was awesome. When yeah. she was Tilly's Tilly. Yeah. yeah. Like, her cute little sidekick. But it's... They make an extra point. Like, we already knew this last week, but they emphasize it mm -hmm. even more that she knew this girl for six months mm -hmm. in junior high, which Tilly's, what, 20 maybe? Yeah, probably. So that was 10 years ago. Like... They probably didn't have time to get close. It sounds like Tilly's family was in the military mm -hmm. and they moved around mm -hmm. a lot and she made friends and then moved and made friends and moved. Like we've seen the story of army brats a million times. You know what that is. And I yeah. knew a bunch of Navy brats in my actual and it, life. Yeah, they weren't that like Tilly made a point of saying they like they were friends, but she but didn't they weren't close. She didn't remember. Her. Yeah. So yeah. why did this thing manifest as her fleeting friend from half her life ago? It doesn't mm -hmm. make it's not like her little sister or something. Yeah. Like it's weird that 
Is that still in her subconscious? Ah, it's so dumb. I don't know. If if you were doing this in a sort of a sensible way, I could see, like, picking someone who was familiar, so you wanted to be friends But she wasn't familiar. She had to look her up in the computer. No, I mean kind of familiar. Like, if I see a face that I sort of recognize, I might be more likely to be friendly with them. But then she just acted like a ghost anyway, so it doesn't matter. The the weird thing is, like, if you're you're identifying yourself as someone that, like, she used to know, the inevitable Mm -hmm. thing that's going to happen is what did, which is that she's going to look her up to sort of remember. She's going to Google her, yeah. It's like, oh, what's the, what was she up to in all this time? Well, apparently she's been dead for twenty years, and she left her sweater in your back seat. Like you, you Ooh. made that exact reference last. Yeah, week, that Matt. probably did. <laughs> no, I uh, just like uh, it, it's poor disguising work. Ghost, get mm-hmm. your shit together. But it's also this is a thing like. Something I don't like about doing a serialized show now is last week we complained about this for quite some time, and it's like, okay, next week, new adventure, mm-hmm. new thing, well, and it's the same crap. That's the point of having these seven signals they're going after. It's kind of a clumsy framework, but it's a good framework for going from adventure to adventure, mm. where yeah. you can go to like a weird like a weird science alien thing every yeah, week. Yeah, that's why last week I said I didn't like the planet of the week, but yeah. next week will be something else, yeah. so then let's see. And then they week, didn't do it. We just didn't go anywhere or do anything. No. And, the, oh, oh, this show has... It, first off, it doesn't know what the fuck it is or what no. it wants to be, and it has no faith in itself mm-hmm. or any of its characters. Well, and the irritating it, thing... Except it's got so much faith in Lieutenant Ash Tyler the Bag Salad <laughs> for, uh-huh. reas- for reasons I don't understand. I feel like he needs an upgrade, and Devlin should weigh in on this. Uh, Devlin, if you're listening, please give this some thought, because Bag Salad now has a giant bushy beard and a man bun, mm-hmm. and I feel like bun salad beard salad i can't do this justice we need your help bun salads make me kind of hungry actually yeah. yeah that sounds that sounds pretty good yeah, make a no, sandwich it's not in salad after yes. this point yeah. no it sounds tasty not like sad and eerie like let's character. go get a bun salad once we're done <laughs> yeah but the thing is i've read i think it's alex kurtzman who they're letting kind of run all this mm-hmm. stuff he said he said this terrible thing that matt and i were like what where he's like, yeah, back in the day, people couldn't tell DS9 and Voyager apart. Excuse like, me? What? And if he had been talking about visual elements of the show... Even then, no. That could have been kind of true, because there was a house... There's a next-gen DS9 Voyager house style, so it was shot kind of the same, yeah, the and show, a lot of the yeah. visual elements but were the, similar, but and the, the music sets were the so same. different, and the lighting was so... Like, on DS9, it was lit darker and everything was sort of craggy and Cardassian like it didn't yeah. have that bright all Starfleet of, look. All of them looked really flat like the lighting was pretty flat. I guess that that style doesn't bother me like it bothers you seem to not like the way anything ever is directed is what I'm taking away from this. <laughs> the thing is I actually this season I like the lighting a lot. Okay. They, they've done some Yeah but really the camera lighting. work. Oh my god. Camera yeah. work is it's, atrocious in this episode. It's mostly anytime we're on the bridge. Yeah. Anyway my point is Kurtzman said Nobody could tell this the shows apart back in the 90s. And first of all, if you watched them for 10 seconds, yeah. even putting aside the one we preferred, which is obvious, it doesn't matter. If you liked Voyager better than DS9, it's very clear to you they're different shows, and that one gave you more of what you wanted. But my point is, he, what he said was, we're going to be doing all these spinoffs, and we're putting extra care mm-hmm. into making sure each show has its own unique identity, so that doesn't happen again. Well, what the fuck is this show's identity? Yeah, right. It's like, I don't, this show doesn't have a voice that's Not at all. distinctive enough to say, and then the Picard show is something different because this show's all over the fucking map. Mm. That's my point is like, if their mission statement is to give each of these shows a real yep. strong voice, they fail badly. And 
we spent like pretty close to half of this episode on the other show. Yeah. Yeah. Like this show has not been around lot. Like this show's had what, like fifteen episodes? Well, the first season was fifteen episodes. If you don't count the yeah. shorts, we're now on episode like eighteen, yeah. which is That's- nothing. That is not, you do not, you have not spent enough time with this to be showing another show on your show. Mm -hmm. Also, these guys galloped off into the sunset three episodes ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's not time to follow up with them yet. Like, give it a little time. I didn't want to at all, but if we had to. We we, we knew it was coming. Like, there's no way this show wasn't going to get back to Lieutenant Ash Tyler. But they very neatly put a bow on Mm -hmm. it and they said, and now he's not on the ship anymore and he and Laurel are in charge. So long forever. Yeah. Like, okay, good. We this is go season on one not story. Do Klingon stuff for five well, minutes. This is, even even if you liked it, you could acknowledge that was season one story. Mm-hmm. Yep. Let's move on. And if they wanted, like, I mean, I didn't want it, but if the show wanted to That's come what back I'm to them, you know, maybe in a couple of seasons to see what had happened. Yeah. Or instead of cutting back to Kronos to show yeah. and to its credit, this was way more Klingon than anything that happened last season. Yeah. Traditionally you Klingon are not with kidding. With backstabbing bullshit mm-hmm. and political, like, under underhanded dealings. People and... saying honor for things that weren't, that had nothing oh, yeah. to do with honor. Pointless sword fights. Yep. Like, this is all Klingon shit that I was bored with back in Next Gen. But uh, there's, like, rather than cutting back to them, mm-hmm. and these stories felt like they had nothing to do with each other. Not one thing. All At all. three of them. Yeah. yeah. But at least two of them took place on Discovery and you mm-hmm. could cross paths with each other. Mm-hmm. But this, they were just cutting away to a whole other thing. But what you could have done is while you're exploring these lights, you run into a Klingon cruiser who's doing the same thing. And oh, look, it's Lieutenant Ash Tyler who's now the fleet commander. Mm-hmm. Or whatever. Like, make it part of the ongoing story. Don't cut away to something that's done already. It you had know? nothing to do with anything. Yeah. I'll say I'm glad that the Klingons have hair again. Yeah, I didn't realize how strongly I felt about that until it was gone. Yeah, there's some good-looking Klingons in this one. Yeah. Uh, there were. Some evil, of them still uh, pretty evil stupid. Evil bad guy is an especially good-looking Santa Claus Klingon. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Nice nice dark wizard-looking dude. Uh-huh. I liked um, I liked a lot of Lorel's costuming. At the end, when she does the Mother of Dragons speech, yep. oh. um, she's got like these like banglies in her hair that look very, very Klingon. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like the actor who does Laurel a lot, but they, when they've changed the makeup this season, it looked, most of the Klingons look better. I think hers actually looks a little worse and it seems like she's having more, tr- like she never had trouble, uh, emoting or enunciating. No, she's got season. trouble talking through the teeth. It sounds yeah. like now. Yeah. But this season she's, she's had like, she's really having to work for it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so I don't, I don't like her redesign as much. No, I, but you're right. Her costuming. Is yeah. I'm her glad she's out of the good. it costume now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, those costumes are stupid looking. Oh boy, the thing is, all the costumes are stupid looking. But there's a certain like, there's a certain window of mm-hmm. stupid looking Klingon stuff that we're willing to buy well, that, into. And mm-hmm. that was the thing; they look stupid, but they didn't look Klingon. These, yeah, do the like every the Klingons have been majorly re- redesigned, and on the whole, they look better. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's it's fine if you change it. Mm-hmm. It's just. It should still feel consistent. Like when when they grew the ridges, it was still like, okay, but these guys still feel like those guys from before. They still dress the same. They still have the same kind of look to them. I I get it. And the the change was so pronounced that it's like, these aren't the same guys. Also, they made a point of not speaking Klingon the whole time because we all complained about that. Mm -hmm. But then they, in story, had to explain why they were speaking English two different times. Mm -hmm. I... 
Who cares? I, Just speak English. Yeah, you're fine. I thought it was annoying that they went, they stopped speaking Klingon, but they were still speaking in that slow, deliberate uh-huh. way, which was, that was, it wasn't the speaking Klingon so much it was a problem. It was the, the delivery was so slow. I did not care for it. They actually did a nice, um, a nice bit of business toward the end where they were speaking in Klingon with English subtitles. Then they switched and started speaking in English with Klingon subtitles. Yeah, that's what I'm showing, saying. If, if the show is translating for you yeah. instead of needing an in-universe reason for it to happen, yeah, that's fine. I, but, I didn't. I thought that was a, a nice like. That, yeah, that was a that was a nice. Touch. But they're like, we will speak English to shame you, Lieutenant Ash <laughs> Tyler. Ugh. Ugh. And then, yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah, and then they added like actual animal growls to the Klingons, Ooh, like, yeah. and I hated that because like. Back in uh, the previous series, they just had the actors make a growl. Like, Michael Dorn mm-hmm. did, like, a really good growl. And a couple of different ones. Uh, yeah. I'm going to fight you growl or an I'm going to fuck yeah. you growl, mm-hmm. which were similar but different. And Susie Plaxon did, did some good growling. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to think about Susie Plaxon <laughs> for a minute now. <laughs> just have your Susie Plaxon moment. It's okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's <sighs> like the, the older shows looked like, felt like they had faith in the actors they hired to play Klingons. Mm-hmm. Well, and they're still pitching them down. Yeah, too. why would you do so that? Like, they don't sound tough enough, so their voices have to sound like a draggy record. What's the like? No. The dude that played Mar- uh, J.G. Hertzler is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Martok. Yeah, yeah. yeah. best Klingon ever. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he just had a gravelly voice. Yeah, that all you was had it. to do was just, and, ah, Worf, nailed yep. it. Boom. And then he'd just growl. Yeah, with mm-hmm. his mouth. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, uh, and uh, I mean, I've I've said it. Way before we got to disco, I'm kind of sick of Klingons. I know not everyone's with me on that, but going back to basics with the Klingons is still kind of boring mm-hmm. to me. Doesn't doesn't do anything for me. And it had nothing to do with anything. Well, you said it felt like a backdoor pilot yep. to it really the Section did. 31 show we yep. know is coming. Yeah. They wanted to bend themselves over story-wise to get Lieutenant Ash Tyler Bag Salad onto the... Uh, Section 31 flippity ship. Ugh. What a great ship. What, actually, was it? Well, this is your bad thing, right? It sure Matt? was. I actually, actually kind of liked about it. it. I hate Section 31, Section 31 ship. It is so Section 31. It's all uh-huh. black paint job and it's black uniforms and crawling with goth dentists. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> I mean, o- that's it's their... only lit by the menacing blue lights of their evil computers. <laughs> That is, you You have to admit, though, we're talking about staying consistent mm-hmm. with the other depictions in the series. This is consistent with Sloane and his it, <laughs> evil it sure leather it, dentist outfit. Boy, there's, there's nothing spies do quite like self-identify who they are. <laughs> oh, the worst The worst thing was she brings Lieutenant Ash Tyler, yep. and, and he's got the memories of Lieutenant Ash Tyler. Mm-hmm. This isn't Vogue talking. This is yeah. Lieutenant Ash Tyler. And he says, oh, yeah, the black badges. I've heard of Section 31. No, you haven't. Nobody has. Like, a hundred years from now, a genetically engineered genius who was being recruited by them was the first guy to hear about it. You're just some no-name lieutenant. Come who, on. Who knows nothing? Yeah. Who, to, who's been gone in a prison camp, a Klingon prison camp for years. But you even, don't know anything. But a lieutenant, has, you know, what? Yeah. what is he, 30 at the most? Yeah. Like, he's he's not that experienced, yeah. is my point. Mm-hmm. How would he know? Whereas Bashir was being courted by them. Yeah. And also was a genius. Yeah. And... and there's nothing spies love more than having badges saying, I am a spy. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> I've seen those black badges before. They, in fact, they sure make it real easy to identify people I've never seen before. Well, if there's one thing we know about the CIA 
back in the day and even now is that they all wore like, hi, my name is Special Agent Whoever. Ask me about the CIA. <laughs> Ask me about toppling your socialist regime. I will say maybe Section 31's like the American secret police where everyone knows that they're a thing. <laughs> <laughs> the whole point but when we found out about them was that nobody knows mm. about them yeah the- then again they recruited they they recruited charles trip tucker <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's what everyone found out so maybe yeah y'all I'm heard about how i'm a spy in the hundred years since then i can just picture garrick looking at all this and just like what? Well, when he saw what when he saw like uh bashir's james bond yeah, fantasy right? he's like really you guys all dressed like this and went around talking about being spies. That's, that's what you the, think spies are, huh? That's the dumbest <laughs> thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> How did you? <laughs> I will say the inside of Section Thirty One ship is super stupid. It looks like it's on black alert all the time. It sure does. Everyone's everyone's wearing their like bondage pants. Mm-hmm. But I kind of liked the flippity outside. I will give. Like, I, like... I, I will give you the unfolding part thing. Well, it had it had like the the bit that comes out yeah. where the nacelles are, yeah. and yeah, it folds, which I, is kind of kind I, of okay. I, I guess. thought it looked neat. I, I enjoyed it. No, I I like anytime the ships move around. Like I'm a big fan of yeah. uh, Disco's spinning bits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and actually Voyager did that too. Yep. Come to think yeah. of it, when they when they went to Impulse, the the nacelles would fold in, and yeah, I, I kind of liked it flipping around. Yeah, but it was shiny black. Yeah, that's and, the thing. And also, it is a black ship of the darkest <laughs> ebony. It's a black <laughs> ship with a black computer that had a black light turn on, turn on black yes. to tell you that everything is black. I yeah. thought that the most goth bullshit ship we could get was the Klingon corpse ship. Oh <laughs> nope. <laughs> Oh, so we had a scene at the beginning of the Klingon thing where we see a hologram of the classic mm-hmm. like uh, Klingon cruiser. Mm-hmm. And he's like, this is the D7. This will unite the houses. And it's like, okay, that's that's where we're going. Mm-hmm. We're going more toward the original mm-hmm. series. And then that was it. And mm-hmm. then they went back to the dumb bullshit. The fucking like, USS Black Parade. Yeah. For the, <laughs> the, I'm positive they don't say black. They say ebony. Uh, or ebony. obsidian. Like, obsidian uh-huh. or some, some yes. like edgelord variation. And... We all sharp is obsidian. Yes, <laughs> we all, every one of us, love Michelle Yeoh. She's so good. Yep. She's so good. She really brings like what they've given her is just hot trash. Yeah, but she's so good. Yeah, yeah but I don't want to watch this show, especially now that her sidekick is going to be Lieutenant Ash Tyler. Uh-huh. I gotta say, when she showed up and she had her big hood like <sighs> that covered her face, and she flipped it down, and she's like, "Hi, I'm Michelle Yeoh." I was kind of into no, it. No, no, she flipped her hood down and was like, "Hi, I'm an alien who's actually Michelle." Yeoh. She had a she had a cool hologram fake Klingon face yeah. that then like dropped so, to show her real face, which was pretty cool. That I, hood was Star Wars as fuck, by the it way. Was. Yeah, it was. And I got to say the the section 31 show is going to be it's probably going to be terrible, mm-hmm. but yeah. I I can see a way forward where I'd actually kind of like it. If it's stupid. I have, yeah, so stiff. They just make it so stupid. But it's just, we've said this a hundred times, It's this is all supposed to be about a utopia mm-hmm. of humanity getting better, and instead we're following a genocide doing secret police shit. Mm-hmm. Come on. But if it was goofy as hell, like 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 Michelle Yeoh was here... It's not gonna be. I could kind of see myself being into it. I, also, it kind of goes back to my roots. Well, <laughs> I, had, I had a lot of black candles... Like, I get it. I get it. I, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. But, and, you know, I, I've been wrong about lots yeah. of stuff, mm. but 
I would put a little bit of money on the fact that it's going to be a redemption arc. It's going to be her starting out oh. being the evil emperor, and by the end, she'll realize, oh, this ver- this universe's version of me is is right, and I should be more like that. I should be a good person. I just, I think you pass a point where you can't be redeemed. I agree. That's called I cannibalism. Think- I mean, I think it's the line is... And genocide. Uh I think the line might be a little before cannibalism. Yeah, but cannibalism put a personal face on it. I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. That made it it like right up close. Like, oh, she just ate a guy I knew. That's way less abstract than genocide. Yeah. But I think that... I don't think that she can be redeemed. And I think if they do a redemption arc, it's going to feel pretty flat. Amanda, eating one person is is a crime. Eating a million people is is a statistic. There's a pattern. <laughs> Eat me once, shame on you. <laughs> Eat me twice, fiddly dee. <laughs> Chicken and rice. Uh, yeah, but again, I we repeatedly said we don't want this show, but in the back of my head, mm-hmm. I know I got to watch it. I'm trying to warm to the idea. It doesn't sound like I am, but I really am. I'm trying to talk myself into it. I'm trying to say, okay, Michelle Yeoh's pretty cool. Maybe I can live with this. Maybe I can live. And now they're saying, oh, and also joining her, the character you hate the least, who is the worst hate, actor. Hate the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hate the most. Correct. Wh- who is the worst actor? Like, is going to be her number two. Like, oh, man, I was trying to sort of brace myself mm-hmm. and you just made it worse yeah. again. Well, like I say, I could see... A way where I could actually enjoy the show. Um, I mean, I hope take I, him off it. We, yeah. we got to watch it regardless, so it'd be nice if it was yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know that it'll be good, but it might be watchable. But like, and there's some like she has some pretty okay, like she has some bad lines, but she has some good lines. Like after she gives her evil speech to mm-hmm. Lieutenant Ash Tyler, the bag salad, um, she uh, her like thug who follows her around. I think it's her handler. I think he's Vinnie actually Jones. her. Yeah. I don't know. He's like some big, like some big Scottish dude or something. Yeah. Um. So, and he he looks like he's gonna bottle someone really. <laughs> uh, and so so he he comes up and says, "You need to work on your recruitment speech." And she's like, "Don't give me notes." And yep. that was very good. Oh, making her basically a diva, mm-hmm. like is not a bad choice. And like again, she's great. She's so good. But mm-hmm. I would <laughs> much rather see her in the role we saw her at initially. Yeah. In initially, which was. Philippa Georgiou, one of the best Starfleet captains mm-hmm. I've ever seen. Yep. <laughs> There's a sequence where Lieutenant Ash Tyler, the bag sal, is doing something and I'm not really paying attention. And there's like cape flapping going around in the background. And I'm like, oh, so there's Georgiou. She's right there. Well, <laughs> they, did, the cape flap. they did that thing Star Trek always does where they tipped their guest stars in the opening credits. So we knew she was going to be in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's so dumb. Yeah, I mean, but Matt pointed this out. <laughs> this goes back, you know. At least to early next year. Yeah, they've been doing this since TNG. And special guest star, Q. Yeah, like, Q always showed up by surprise mm-hmm. in the middle of an unrelated adventure. And seeing John Delancey's name in the credits, you just know to wait for mm-hmm. him. And that's dumb. On DS9, they did a couple of times where the guy showed up in the cold open. So they didn't put the credit yeah. until after. Um, yeah, but usually not. Yeah, usually they yeah. did a bad job of it. Yeah. That's just uh, like TV. I don't think that's specifically. They just need to put it at the end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Also, the baby, the Klingon baby, I was certain they were going to, like, they Mm -hmm. beamed him to a monastery was the last beat of that. And apparently they beamed him him away. Was it you that said this, Al? It's the Borath monastery that that Worf went to a couple of times. Yeah, one of the many places uh, Worf went on vacation. Except they say in this that no one's allowed to come out and no one's allowed to go in. 
Which maybe back Worf, then. Worf just... Was it the uh, Wonka maybe, factory? Maybe back then. No, I think he went there to become a monk. Mm-hmm. I think outsiders can come to, like, pray. Mm. I think that's normal. Like, real churches like that now exist, I think. Yeah, but they said, like, yeah, you, you don't get to leave and you don't get to... Like, yeah, you're, yeah, you're yeah. trapped there. It's a it's it's God prison. But I was, I was waiting for them to say, and they will protect our baby... Galron, yeah, or, or yeah. Martok, like yeah. some some Klingon that we or would know later. Worf's dad, mm-hmm. mm. son of no, wait, his son... grandfather's name was Worf. Yeah, son of so probably not Worf, son of <laughs> Worf. It would be it'd be a little Mo. awkward to say, and our son Worf Junior. I think I'm done talking about Klingons, unless you guys have anything else on oh, that. Oh, what front. else is there to talk about, Al? The, the, the baby, t- the baby looked like Renesmee. Oh uh-huh. God! Oh, <laughs> you just wanted to say Renesmee. Oh, in case, in case you guys were wondering, this is definitely the first appearance of a decapitated baby in an episode of Star Trek. So enjoy <laughs> well, that, that in memory alpha. Put that in memory alpha next to freestanding ladder <laughs> <laughs> and cudgel. I forgot cudgel has an entry now too. Flonk will put it in, and then they'll take it out again. Oh, those those people hate him so much. <laughs> What was the last edit he did about writers is like, usually they don't wake up until noon yep, and yep. then they hang out at Quark's bar all day waiting for Nog to get off work. Yep. <laughs> they. All the writers All the do writers. That. Flonk, yep. you're my personal hero. <laughs> and then Flonk uh, gives a live long and prosper sign to the science council, puts his sunglasses on and like peels out on a motorcycle. <laughs> but then the next, the next thing he tweeted was uh, uh, something in his inbox saying, you have a message from memory alpha administrator. <laughs> ah, shit. <laughs> You're in trouble. Uh-huh. <laughs> the man's tracked me down again. <laughs> oh, man. He's a renegade, that Flonk. <laughs> Uh, All right, well, we have one final thing to talk about with the Klingons, which is the more serious uh-huh. thing. Yeah, so we've all been having a good time here, joking yeah, and well. laughing, so let's uh, let's ruin it, because Star Trek ruined it for me. Yeah, well, this is, I mean, if they're going to keep bringing it up, we're a discussion show, yeah. we got to talk about it. I don't want to ignore the issue, I'm just getting tired of, t- just like in real life, I'm just getting tired of talking about uh-huh. it. Can we, can we just agree it's bad to choke women? Can we yeah, all can just we agree just that? Agree? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think please just do that Bojack yeah Uh, okay so I'm gonna talk about rape again like again 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 Mm -hmm. Uh, because Star Trek sure does talk about rape an awful lot and they sure do it real bad sure do oh the messaging on Lieutenant Ash Tyler and Lorel has been a goddamn mess through the entire show I think that the issue of uh, male rape is important. It is not a joke, and it's something that needs to be discussed in mm-hmm. our culture. They do it here so very badly. Um, Lieutenant Ash Tyler's consciousness is split in two. He is he has Lieutenant Ash Tyler, the Starfleet officer's memories, and he has Vok, the Klingon torchbearer's memories, smashed together. Um, so Lieutenant Ash Tyler part believes he was raped by Laurel, but it turns out it was consensual, which Jesus, what kind of a message is that? Well, that's where they left it at the end of last scene is is like all those flashes we saw yeah. to him being assaulted were actually okay because he was really Vok, but they're coming back to it and making it less clear. Like, he was yeah. both of them, and he still remembers being traumatized. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so now he's working for Lorel, and Lorel loved Vok, and Vok loved R- Lorel. They made that very clear. Mm-hmm. And Lorel wants to rekindle their relationship because she thinks of him as Vok. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but Ash Tyler remembers the relationship both as a loving one and as a sexually abusive one at the same time. Mm. So they, it's, it's very muddy. It's very unclear. And they make a point of reminding us of this, that it wasn't magically fixed once he realized he was previously Vox. Because so yeah, he's not, not like, just one guy with fake memories. He's still both guys. Yeah, yeah he's still both guys. And they didn't, like, in the, the end of the last season, it was kind of like, oh, I was remembering wrong, which, mm. oh. No, but it was also hand-wavy, and then they were going to leave. They were so gonna it's leave, like, well, so, yeah. okay, that was terrible, but we'll never think about it again. Yeah. But they brought it back up. And they brought it back up as being still, like, unsure how he feels when yeah, as part of his central conflict yeah, of his character when Laurel tries when Laurel kisses him he says listen I know that you were in love like that we were in love but you're when you touch me it feels like a violation he mm-hmm. says that mm-hmm. um but then once he finds out Laurel has a that they had a baby together he's magically in love with her again or maybe he's pretending he's in love with her so they can raise the baby together what the Fuck Star Trek. What are you doing? What are you even what are you trying to do? It just it doesn't it doesn't make sense. Well, as you say, this is a real issue and it's a valid issue, but it's a complicated issue. And Star Trek's not great at complicated Mm -hmm. issues. This version or any version (laughs) has a real hard time discussing something that society hasn't really hashed out prior to this, and there's not a lot of good stories about sexual assault with dudes there just isn't mm-hmm. there isn't and, and star trek is not good at well, blazing those trails a lot a lot of media over the last however long is treated as as a joke too so no and i'm sure oh, i'm I've sure you can point so to many specific, times yeah no absolutely so have i but and that's part of toxic masculinity too mm-hmm. dude you got laid like like ugh. Ugh. yeah or i mean of all things south park pointed out the hypocrisy of this when they did the thing mm-hmm. with the teachers sleeping with the young mm-hmm. like yeah. boys and they're like nice and then no, it happened the other nice. way around, yeah. and it's like, oh, that's disgusting. They're a pervert. Like, you know, that show's not exactly a bastion of, like, morality, but that, sure that was a good point. But that was a good point. Uh-huh. But, and I'm sure you can point to some examples, but and, mostly, broadly, pop culture is not good at this. And on this show, we have Anthony Rapp, who, yes. like, excellent point, brought up the fact that Kevin Spacey is a, like, monster. A yeah. monster. Yeah. Yeah. And this is how they handle it? It's yeah. The messaging is a mess. Yeah. No, I mean, I haven't seen Star Trek handle... I uh, This is a terrible phrase. Traditional rape. But, you uh, know, rape as we see normally yeah. in, in a lot of media. Like, just a man going too far with a woman. Mm. I haven't seen Star Trek handle that well. We had that terrible episode with Seven where no one believed her. Mm-hmm. We had that terrible episode with T'Pol where Archer basically had to come in and rescue her. Mm-hmm. Like, Star Trek doesn't have a good track record of doing the sort of mainstream approach, much less this less traveled thing, and you know? It, they, it feels like they don't know what they're, they want to talk about yeah. because they've also added the extra layer of sci-fi stuff, uh-huh. which makes it... it ugh. Well, it feels it's, like they want some edgy conflict there and it's like he was raped that's a that's like that's weighing on him what do you think of that and then then ugh, yeah it was just and then then they just wave they they either they wave their hands and say it's fine again at the end or they're waving their hands and saying he's willing to put his trauma aside to help raise their baby one way it doesn't matter either way is bad yeah Yeah. and then and they're it, it's all being carried by the worst actor on the show. <laughs> yeah. 
No, he. We're expected to buy him being a big tough guy, and I he don't doesn't. And we're supposed to buy him as being someone who's been through some serious, mm-hmm. like post traumatic stress. And I don't buy that either. Like, not he doesn't sell the the softer emotions or the toughness. He's bad at both of it. Uh, there, I could see there being roles that this actor could be good at. Yes, um, he feels like the fourth this... guy in an alien movie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I could see him being like sort of a beach bro yeah. and being believable is that no but... and he's a good looking dude and when you hear him with his natural accent yeah. i think he's kind of sexy yeah but this show does not emphasize any of the things that make him that nope Ugh. Ugh. just this <laughs> anyway so sorry sorry to talk about it again guys no it's an important no. it needs to be brought up like and i think we're both more comfortable if there's a woman talking about these issues sometimes instead of just us saying here here's what we as straight white guys yeah. think like, yeah, you, know, you, you guys so. know you guys know all the things. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we're here and we have to talk about it, but it's always good to hear, you know, other voices. Always nice to hear from a woman. <laughs> always nice to hear from a woman. <laughs> oh man, we were we were we were working on uh uh auditions for uh for Endeavor, our mm-hmm. our fanfic thing, which we'll talk about more in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. And I put together like these sort of demos of all the different people who read. Actually, Amanda was one of them. Yes. And um there's a female role in there that we haven't recorded yet, and so I filled in for this. I'm not going to say who it is yet because it's it's a name you'll know. It's, it's a, secret. a secret, but it's just a cool little cameo is all. But I didn't want to like I I didn't want to leave a blank spot. Yeah. I wanted to show how the lines worked against someone else, so I had to read it. And as I was reading those lines, I just wanted to say, "I'm a woman." <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, are we are we off the Klingons now? Do we have more to say about that? I think that's pretty well it. Matt? Uh, yeah. Okay, so we should move on to the third plot then. We've gone over mm-hmm. the Tilly ghost thing. We've gone over this. Mm-hmm. We have not touched uh, Michael and Amanda Spock's mom at all. Oh, that's right. Which actually is my good thing. Um, and I have to differentiate mm-hmm. Amanda Spock's mom versus Amanda who is talking to you. Because uh, this Amanda, uh, per ancient uh, law, is uh, not allowed to have a uh, a nickname. It's my one weakness. Mm-hmm. All this... of my other strengths are we- all of my other weaknesses are strengths. So it is uh-huh. written. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is this. I came in late to this. This came from Matt, who may have also come in late to the. Mm-hmm. For all I know, you just are not allowed. So like, it's a long running tradition. It might even go back before I moved to where my friends are now. Wow, wow that's going way back. Yep. But the point is, we can't say, like, this Amanda, sorry, you're just Amanda, and she's also Amanda. Mm -hmm. Very disappointing. But Michael's stepmom's scenes with Michael were nice. It was another reminder that Michael's an interesting character I want to learn more about. Mm -hmm. Like, some of the hints of what her childhood was like were very cool, and there was Mm -hmm. some cute little, especially when it's the three of them with Mm -hmm. Pike, like, talking about, like, was she always like this? Oh, yeah. Yeah, She was always like that. That was almost my quote, where, um... Uh, Pike asks, was she this bossy when she was a child? And then Amanda says, "In on Vulcan, we call it persistence. And yes. Yep. Now, there's a lot of cute things. And it's like, she's cool mom, but embarrassing mom at the same time. Yeah, there's this wonderful look where... Um... Well, this I, I want to oh, talk yeah. about. Like, she basically shows up and says, uh, I need to do something illegal. And I know you'll do this for me because I basically showed you how to be devious. <laughs> I stole Spock's medical records and now you're going to break into him for me. And the look on Michael's face. The horror. Like, you like, did what? You stole? I, <laughs> I, I felt it very strongly. Um, my mother is... A wonderful woman in many ways. 
but the a lot our apple, reaction speaks a lot to that the a lot apple does not fall far from the a lot tree and she has occasionally when we're at a restaurant just stolen the salt shaker or a fork mm. she likes and it felt very it felt very familiar the look uh, on my okay. face okay uh point of order Every time I go into our silverware drawer, I see this fork that is very different from all our other forks because you saw a fork you liked and took it home. No, they didn't have any, they didn't have any plastic forks and I got a dessert. If you had a daughter, which thankfully that is not an issue for us, she would give the same look. What did I just say about the allot tree? I know. (laughs) I'm just saying you're more like that than you think. There there are worse people for me to turn into than my mother. Yeah. But... uh, (laughs) It was, uh, that that embarrassed look was very good. No, and much like her relationship with Sarek, Mm -hmm. I completely bought into this pre-existing relationship. Mm -hmm. And through her family member, I learned more about her, who I'm already very interested Mm -hmm. in. And it's just, it never passes the Spockdill test. Mm -hmm. They're always talking about Spock. And it's like, I just want to know about these two and their relationship and how they grew up and what she's like now and what what her mom's advice is on the thing she's going through now. And 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 I, like... Spock is a great character. I love Spock. He's I would, done though. Yeah, we I told would, his story. I would bone down with every every Spock we have seen. <laughs> but I I feel like it's a real poochy situation where every time Spock's not on screen, they're just talking about Spock, and that makes it when he finally does show up, it it puts so much. There's already so much pressure I mean, on that moment. The fact that we're three episodes deep into this season, which is all about Spock, and he still hasn't mm-hmm. shown up yet is just like, it feels like they're just, ah, ah, he's coming anytime now. Could it be this and, week? Oh, no, and, no, you scared him. He ran back into his bush. <laughs> Maybe next Michael, week. Who is, Michael, who is our main character, <laughs> It now be, it's no longer her story. It's how her story relates to his story mm-hmm. and that cheapens her. And honestly, like, I'm more interested in Michael than in Spock. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want to know about yeah. Michael. Of course. She's our main character. Of course we do. Yeah, I've spent... She's, 50 years of episodes learning about Spock. I've only spent like, what are we up to? 18 episodes of, disco- of yeah. Uh, Disco? Yeah, she wasn't in any of the shorts, so that's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And I'm fascinated. I want to know more. The actor's great. Mm-hmm. Everything oh, they've Sinequa written for Martin the character's Green's great. so good. Even sure in is. shitty episodes, she's one of the best things about it. Every time she's on screen, I'm just entrangled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, she's so good. And this stuff with the man, just mm-hmm. like the stuff with Sarek, is great. Oh, but, God, and know. it turns out that Spock might have murdered some guys, Ugh. which means we're going to find him, like, in a cave with a fire uh-huh. under lighting his face, and he's going to be talking about the poetry of darkness. Yeah. He's definitely going to no, be talking there. about the Red Angels, which is a name he definitely invented. <laughs> and we just thought at the time that Spock's very vivid imagination came, came up with that. Sure, we know this character very well. His very vivid imagination that he has. Oh, that what? checks out? Yeah. That's, that's a, definitely a thing we all know about Spock. I mean, he did keep the fact that he had parents secret from his best friend. So. That was, <laughs> so he kept the details about it. But, and I hate to keep harping on this, I do. But the prequel setting, and you keep harping on Spock and his relationship with his parents and all that. The more they add to this, the less Journey to Babel makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I'm not one of these guys, I'm really not. But they keep making me look at it and... I just don't want to think about that. And when they meet each other in Journey to Babel, it's like, we haven't talked to you in years. And now it's like, oh, except that time you became a serial killer and I helped track you down. But apart from that. <laughs> ugh. 
I know that's where they're going, and I just can we not? Yeah, please, can we please, just not. Honestly, if they just never mentioned Spock again, I I wish that Michael was just some Vulcan's kid. Yeah, mm-hmm. we've said that before. Yeah, like not. Yeah. doesn't have to be Sarah. Could be the same actor. Yeah, yeah. could be uh, an actor. Uh, could be the character who's doing some similar stuff to what Sarek did, where yeah. he runs experiments on his children. Mm-hmm. Um, also. Might this be the worst dad version of Sarek? <laughs> well, this is the same Sarek we've seen in everything except the reboot movies. Ah, uh, whatever. I try I'm, I try and keep them separate because they don't do a very good job of meshing it all together. No, so I just... That's what my point is. I'm not trying to point out inconsistency. I'm saying it's actually very consistent <laughs> to me. This feels like the same Sarek we see later because he's not a good dad he's and he's never a been a good dad. dad. And it feels like he's trying to keep Amanda from being a good mom. Like, he's such a bad dad that he's like, no, no, no. Oh, yeah, we're raising this kid completely, Volca. Yep. You don't show him any love. The boy must suffer uh-huh. for my now notes. Now the girl, the girl can get all the love. Yes. Yes, and then we'll see what happens. Uh-huh. Ooh. And Cybok, we just don't talk about. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, these are these are children, Sarek, not experiments. You know that, right? You know the difference? It, it, it feels like they should have, a, like, another child who's, like, the test child that they just raise normally. Yeah. The, the control group. The control, control group. Child. Yeah, that was the word yeah. I was looking for. <laughs> Maybe that's what happened to Cybok. Maybe that doesn't work either. I still think, I mean, it's not canon, but I, I like, it's in one of the books or something that, like, uh, Sarek had a pawn far mm-hmm. off somewhere with mm-hmm. some Vulcan priestess mm-hmm. and, like, that you know he didn't marry her mm-hmm. he just has a kid and like that's fine mm-hmm. whatever bastard 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 <laughs> bastard bastard uh what else Ugh. i hate the red angels so much yeah it's yep. pretty stupid oh and i hate them with that clarity of looking into your past uh-huh. mm-hmm. and i hate it because i see it in myself you see, the Red Angels were what happened when you had a demon that fell in love with a like a regular angel, oh, and they boy. had a baby, and that baby is a Red Angel who doesn't fit into either place. Oh, boy. And, I love you, Amanda. Oh. Uh, I don't feel good about it. I mean, this is why I don't like Black Alert. Mm-hmm. This is why I didn't like... Uh, at the lo- at at the end of the Klingon thing, where she's like, "I am no longer the Emperor. From this point forward, you may call me Mother." Ugh. Like all of that feels like shit. I would have written when I was twelve mm-hmm. that I never want to see again. Mm-hmm. I love Mother. Black al- yeah, Black Alert. Oh God, and that really that felt like one more thing where this show is not trying to be this show. It was trying to be Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. I don't even like Game of Thrones that much. I like when it first started. I did. It got to well. Here's this word again: rapey. Because it did. There was a lot of rape in the book, and the show decided it needed more. Yeah, the book had so much rape in it, and then the show had even... How could there be more? Is there not an event horizon? But before before we reach that point, I actually enjoyed it, and I don't usually like fantasy. I don't usually like Mm -hmm. things with a lot of characters I can't keep straight. Somehow, it hit a lot of Mm -hmm. good things for me. I was into it, but that is a dark Mm -hmm. political fantasy show. Mm -hmm. It's not a bright utopian sci-fi yeah. show. Like, this shit doesn't belong in Star Trek. Well, you guys know what's hot right now is Game of Thrones. It's also not hot right now. It was hot Yeah, they're on season ago. eight or something. Yeah, like, right? <laughs> yeah. so, but Star Trek is, like, it's, it's, it's been a little behind the eight ball for a while. I mean, at least, I guess we missed them yeah. uh, trying to mimic um, Walking Dead. Yeah. I guess that's true. 
So that's something. We saw the mimic twenty four. That was. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah. Oh They're boy. Sure did. Uh, I will say at one point because they are telling the story of when Michael tried to run away because mm-hmm. logic extremists, which we actually had last season, that happened. Yeah. That's a thing we saw, and it actually spins off from thing. something in Enterprise. Yeah, that's the thing in Enterprise. Yeah. Yeah. Where these guys don't want humans humaning up their mm-hmm. thing; they want to go back to the lot. And I actually didn't hate that idea. Yeah. Um, I mean, I hated Enterprise, but that basic idea that the Vulcans are like, ugh, no. Enough with this. We tried to get rid of all our emotions, and here's these emotional assholes coming and just making it hard again. Mm-hmm. Like, get rid of them. Um, but they tell the story. Mm-hmm. She tries to run away. Spock helps find her. Uh, and, and Amanda says, uh, still in his pajamas. <laughs> and, like, just continuing the proud tradition of Star Trek Jim Jams. Yep, Jim Jams. On Vulcan, we should have gotten the flashbacks. Of course they are. With apostrophes. Yep. Uh... <laughs> But we should have gotten a flashback because we haven't seen on-screen Jim Jams in quite some time. It's true. And I'm disappointed. It's been a minute. I enjoyed the Jim Jams. That was a, that was a long-running thing for us for mm-hmm. a while. Oh. Um, and I kind of liked that um, the reason that um, Michael and Spock sort of um, they, they got along okay, but then they they had uh, they they sort of split um, is because Michael was a real jerk to him because she was worried that the logic extremists were going to blow her up and she didn't mm-hmm. want him to be around so she wanted to get some mm. separation between them yeah. and that feels so in character yeah. for Michael yeah. like manipulative mm-hmm. bad decisions based on emotional responses mm-hmm. yep. bad decisions based on emotional responses from previous events because her parents died mm-hmm. she's just seen doesn't want it pa- to happen again she doesn't want to happen again to her new brother yep. like it felt so like one of her bad decisions mm-hmm. like this is like oh yeah of course Michael did that yep. because she's she's terrible mm-hmm. she's so bad at things no that that definitely fit yeah. with everything we know mm-hmm. about her Anything else? Uh, we got to do my quote? Yeah, I wanted to make sure we didn't yeah. have any other, like, business, Matt. Uh, no. No business? No old business, no new business. All right, well, let's do the quote business then. Yeah. What do you got? Okay, this is just a cute little moment um, with Pike on the bridge when Tilly comes up to do the shadow exercises, which, no shit, when they said shadow exercises, I was like, oh, so now we're going to go to, like, dark planet with like yeah, black alert or whatever yeah. um, but that, it wasn't it was just a job no, yeah, shadowing. Job shadowing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this show has made me so like mm-hmm. oh are we gonna do something stupid now mm-hmm. no it's just job shadowing yeah. yeah so what should we do how about we marry some folks even if they're not that into each other huh? oh very good sir <laughs> no that was that was a very cute moment yep. that's probably what i would have picked as well uh and then almost immediately after she starts yelling at the captain because yeah. she's really yelling at a ghost but then uh, Saru says, Ensign Sylvia Tilly. You go to your room. Yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't say her middle name. Yep. You you have made a mocker of this shadow training. <laughs> <laughs> also, I did want to mention that. Um, so something I'm picking up on that I guess no one else is. Um, oh, yeah. This is your theory. Mm-hmm. This is my theory. I get a real vibe that uh, Pike is into Michael. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think he'll do anything because he's your captain. He doesn't suck. He seems like a professional. Yeah. But every time he's in a scene with her, like when they were down on Religion Planet and she was like showing how cool she was and up here when she's showing him how cool she is again in the, the sequence mm-hmm. with um, with her mom. Um he, he has this look, and I'm just thinking, like, once he's no longer captain and he's standing on the transporter pad, he's just going to lay a smackaroonie on her. <laughs> I, 
don't see it. Matt, what do you think? I don't get it, but I'm willing to keep an eye open for it going forward. <laughs> I get... She mentioned this to me a couple weeks yeah. ago. I just haven't brought it up on the show yet. And I don't... Like, what I see is he's very charming mm-hmm. to everyone. Mm-hmm. And you said you got the same vibe with Amanda. And that kind of backs my point yeah. up, which is he's just a flirty motherfucker. He was, like, in that scene with Tilly where your mm-hmm. quote is... I, I caught a little smolder eye at her, like just briefly, just a little like, hey. You know? I, I just, I see it very much towards Michael, like other people too, but mostly I think Michael. you're projecting. The, yeah. it, it, what it feels like to me is Mal told me about this thing with Bill Clinton back in the day where like he has oh, this yeah. thing where he would make you feel like the most important person in the room when mm-hmm. he was talking to you. Mm-hmm. And it feels like that to me. Like whoever the hell Pike happens to be talking to, I have my you. You have my complete focus, and I am completely interested in whatever you have to say. I can absolutely see that. I he feels like a uh, young Kirk, like mm. in a good way. Mm. Like I feel like, and that's a deliberate choice. If, like if Kirk didn't suck, well, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It feels like a deliberate choice. Like back in the day, Starfleet just hired a bunch. Like this is all the guys were cut from kind of the same cloth, mm-hmm. and this guy's less selfish. Little more thoughtful, little little more. Doesn't just have two friends. Yeah, <laughs> but he's still basically like a charming man of action yep. who like makes you feel important. Like like Matt said, I really like him. I thought I was going to be annoyed because I want Captain Saru and I still want Captain Saru. Yeah. Yes, but I am not annoyed by having him. Uh, no, no, he's good to show. have him. No, look, we yeah. all want Captain Saru, but I'll take if Pike wants to hang around for a while, I'll take him. Yeah. I there's an IDW comic coming out called Captain Saru, which kind of implies that's. Like, that's an unusual thing mm-hmm. because they're making a comic out of it and it's not going to happen in the show. That's just Ugh. my guess. But you know what I mean? Like, if they're if they're making a special comic about it, that probably sure. means it's not going to happen for real. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I hope so. Also, Saru's, like, supportive moments of Tilly were so great. So good. That's a, that arc through this whole season mm-hmm. of, like, I'm taking you under my wing. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. going to, like, you're going to make. I'm taking you under my hoof. Clip yes. clop. <laughs> These slender shoulders. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, it's it's very good, and it's a very good way to connect these characters that have mm-hmm. nothing in common otherwise. Mm-hmm. I quite like that. All right, anything else? That I uh, think is it. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. All right, we got a lot of stuff to tell you uh-huh. about. Yeah, we sure do. Why don't you start with uh, with with your what you get up to? Okay, I got two things I want to talk about. Okay. Uh, the first thing is I do photography. I'm a very good photographer. She is. Um, you can see um, my photos on giantblackalbatross.com, but you guys know that already. Uh, the other thing I want to talk about is Al and I do another show besides this show because everything is podcasts. It's podcasts all the way down. I don't understand doing a thing if you don't then podcast about it. <laughs> That's even the and point. And it's called... It's called Death of Podcasts, and it's a review show um, done in post-atomic horror style. Mm -hmm. Um, The style we invented. The Uh style you invented, uh, where we are reviewing every Discworld book um, Mm -hmm. by Terry Pratchett. It's a series. Al and I don't have a lot of overlap for things we both enjoy reading. I like a lot of fantasy um, and, uh, like... Yeah, a lot of fantasy books, mostly. Mm, Werewolf porn. (laughs) Oh, yeah, and werewolf porn. Can't Uh forget about werewolf porn. How could Uh we ever... Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not even for. And one I'm instance. way more into sci-fi and yeah. more into sort of lighter comedic things than yeah. a lot of nonfiction and yeah, just art, art porn. No, <laughs> I don't think I. I no, no. We, we should we should make that one of the Patreon things for a hundred dollar donation. I will read a werewolf porn. Yeah, book. <laughs> I will pick a werewolf. And porn you will book read a Diana Gabaldon book. Oh no, I already did. That's why I know <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> um. So we're we're doing that. The show is really good we're charming mm-hmm. and wonderful um and uh you should listen to that 
Yeah, and that's at thedeathofpodcast.com. Yeah. Uh, or as as all of these things, algar.com. Uh, the website for this show, of course, postedonacore.com. If you want to write to us, postedonacore at Gmail. We would love to hear from you. When Discovery Season 2 is over, we will be doing our, you know, standard between seasons uh, supplemental show. So if you got any thoughts us you want us... mail. Yeah, please do. Um, there's usually kind of a dry spot in early parts of seasons, and I get it. It's because we don't remember things. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, why would I write to them if they're not going to, like, in 10 weeks, remember what I'm talking about? Eh, okay, good point. Yeah, fair. <laughs> But you win you this know, round, listener. Person I just made up. <laughs> but I just, I, I wanted to put it out there. Like, we we do always, like, appreciate your mail. And, uh, you know, we will, we might not answer it immediately, but it will sit there until mail time and we will definitely get to it. Um, the Tumblr, postomicore.tumblr.com. We are on Twitter, at Algar, at Robot Matt. Uh, the fanfic project we've been talking about, yes. Endeavor, is... Uh, beyond the script stage yep, now. It is we, we underway. Agonized, we agonized over the script for a long time. Uh, Matt and I like uh, outlined it for months, and then I sat on it. Like We're kind of taking turns doing scripts and doing punch-up for each other, and it took me a long time just because there was a lot of ideas we needed to get out. There was a lot of like... You guys have also talked a lot of hours about things What Star we would Trek do better. Badly. Uh-huh. Yeah, that yep. weighed on me heavily. <laughs> like We've been saying for almost nine years we could do this better and now we're like oh shit now we have to do it better (laughs) but we have a script we have started recording for that script we just finished casting our main roles Mm -hmm. amanda is one of our main roles that's true it's because i'm very talented and handsome it is because that and not because nepotism (laughs) no it's the it's the talented handsome thing no we both listened to a number of of possible candidates in different combinations to determine the best one yeah but this was the role i was born to play that is that is true it was a role yeah. that was written for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. basically playing Bones as a Cardassian lesbian. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on. Come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> Who else was going to be that? Well, the Who other... Who else was going to be that? The other auditions were quite strong. They were... Actually, I heard them, and I was like, oh, fuck, I might not get this. <laughs> <laughs> no, after we made the decision, I was like, yeah, but it, got, it was real close. Seriously, listen mm. to this. No, uh, I, I did, and I was like, oh, yeah, no, these are very, very good. But the point is... It's now cast. Uh, we have started recording. We I, we will be rolling into the editing uh, process mm-hmm. soon. Uh, the first episode officially drops March 1st. Yeah. Uh, we even have a, a website now. It is USS Endeavor, and that's Endeavor without a U because I spelled it wrong. Uh, USSEndeavor.com. Um, right now it just has sort of a press release thing that describes what the show is, but soon the episode will be there. If you sign up for our Patreon, uh, and I think it's $5 for this, uh, you get the episode a week early. You'll get it on February 22nd. Mm. So if you're really excited, you want to hear it sooner, throw us a couple bucks. Yeah. Or if you want to support the show, because well, of course. the show is Either rad. Way. And now some of this money goes to the voice performers. It mm-hmm. goes to us for renting recording yep. space. Like, there's there's lots of things. And that Patreon is for all the different shows that I produce, including this one, including mm-hmm. Post-Atomic Horror. Uh, there's there's different tiers of, of donation. The lowest one, which is a doll, like a dollar and one cent. I had to, like differentiate between the different like I had to make one a dollar one a dollar oh one one a dollar oh two because I couldn't tell them apart otherwise it's irritating Mm. but anyway basically a dollar you get this show like a full day early and given that we're reviewing a show that only aired two days ago the immediacy is kind of a cool thing right now Mm -hmm. so 
Also, if you donate to Death of Podcasts, we've got like a huge backlog. Oh yeah, because we, we're, we're like months in advance. For every show we release publicly, we we record two more. So so you could get the whole yeah backlog. No, there's there's lots of what I hope are decent um, uh, rewards for those things, and it's Patreon.com/slash/Algar A A L G A R. Uh, we very much appreciate the support, and and again, if you can only give a dollar, that's totally fine. Yeah, to- we're not. Absolutely. It's like like we're looking more for you know like support like of course the money's great <laughs> but if 10 of you give a dollar i'm much happier than if one of you gives ten dollars i don't know why that just says more people love us it's insecurity i guess <laughs> <laughs> anyway so also if you go to poststomachhorror.com there's a link to it directly so you can just click on that mm. uh and i believe that's all for this time yes i think all so. right all right see you folks <laughs> The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Elgar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2019. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this for fun.